0: Jesus is the reason for this season. Is he for all, or maybe just for us 3D disciples? Welcome to the 3D Disciples Podcast, where we're working together to develop disciples who display God's love as we deploy into God's world. Join us on this journey by liking, subscribing, and following this channel. I'm your host, Hannah, and alongside us is the pastor of FBC Clarion, Jason Hunter. May Jesus help us climb to new heights. So I was a little bit startled to learn that for the first 14 years of your life, Brianna, which, by the way, our producer-director is... um, Unabashedly joining us on the podcast today, <laughs> or not? <laughs> yeah, sarcastically. Yes, someone
1: holding a gun off camera so she stays in her
0: seat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so welcome, Brianna. Thanks for coming on. We do really appreciate it. Good to be here. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I was surprised to learn we ha- we were having a conversation like a week ago that for the first 14 years of your life that you didn't make a connection between the Christmas season and Christ's birth. So, because you didn't grow up in the church, That's correct? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that just surprises me. So I thought maybe we should start the episode asking Jason here um, if he could give us a short summary of why Jesus is the reason for the season, i.e., what events were taking place during Jesus' birth?
1: So the biblical narrative of, of, of Jesus' birth. A um, couple interesting things about that. Only two of the Gospels have any record of that uh Matthew and Luke uh, Mark starts with Jesus' public ministry, which was basically at his baptism that 's where mark's gospel starts and John because john 's gospel is not one of the synoptic gospels it 's a it 's a little bit more pointed. He talks about the incarnation in, in chapter one, but quickly moves on to John and the calling of the disciples and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the story, the narrative, at least the New Testament narrative part of Jesus' birth is housed basically within two of the four gospels. And um, and so we learn about, you know, the virgin birth, um, which was, and and a lot of it is heavily in Matthew because Matthew is writing to uh, Jewish people to help them understand that Jesus is the prophesied Messiah from the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And so Matthew wants to connect as many Old Testament prophecies to Jesus as he can. And so he he does that. So we learn from like like the, the, in Isaiah, the, that this, virgin would give birth and so we hear about that part of it and the annunciation to mary uh, we learn a little bit about mary when you know she kind of says you know as unto me you know i'm christ servant, what i'm god's servant, whatever he wants let him be let that let that happen to me um we find the backstory of of john being uh jesus's uh cousin who was a little uh, six months older than him mm-hmm. who will be john the baptist um, of course, then we have the story of the shepherds, which is a uh, real popular, the angel Gabriel coming to the shepherds, announcing, uh, the gospel that the savior's coming. This will be good news. This is for the, one of the first places we hear the, the idea of the gospel, good news Says this is good news to for that will be for all people that unto you, you know, a savior is born who is Christ the Lord.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, um, and then the kind of the angels, uh, joining in with the praise of God, um, we have, you know, the the Jesus being born in this lowly state and in a manger. Wrapped what, in what is a manger,
0: inclusion. just for anyone who doesn't know?
1: Uh, a feed trough, okay. um, a place that was they were, when they were traveling, there was, um, people were being sent for the census, and so the town of Bethlehem is overflowing with people, uh, and apparently they had to lodge somewhere where animals would have been kept because they had this... This uh, manger there that they laid him in, which was basically a a trough for hay, Mm -hmm. and uh, and it's a soft
0: spot to lay. At
1: least (laughs) it's a soft spot to lay. (laughs) Um, Identifying Jesus with the lowly, this becomes part of his this uh, the that he identifies with the lowliest, the least of these would Mm -hmm. be one of the kind of ideas that are there. Um, And we hear a little bit later on about the wise men coming. Uh, Interestingly enough, that would have been probably uh, two years, up to two years later. Um, that they weren't probably most likely uh, just in the historical narrative that he weren't there the actual night that Jesus was born. It talks mm-hmm. about they found the child. So it uses a different term to define him mm-hmm. in a house. So he was living, he, he wasn't in the manger that night. He was, yeah. When they get there, he's mm-hmm. in a house mm-hmm. and, they, and they, it, it uses a different word. instead the infant. It uses a word for child, which is an older. And then, you know, of course, Herod has... All the children killed two years and younger, mm-hmm. and it says he he based that on what he learned from the wise men, them telling them when they saw the star come up first, yeah. and so they're like, so he's in that two year range somewhere mm-hmm. like it's like, if I stop at two years, I'm probably gonna get him you know and so they he right. based that on the time frame that the the wise men had told him mm-hmm. and that's why he picked. You know, every child from two years younger was. And Herod
0: was, was a king when concerned was the king. that someone's going to take over his throne. Yeah, that's that 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 exactly
1: from? right. Okay. Uh, he, uh, he, you know, and they were warned by an angel. We hear the story of Joseph. Joseph's my favorite.
0: I was wondering if you're going to miss him. You're uh, like, yeah, you can't no, miss j- Joseph. Can't
1: miss Joseph. Joseph's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's the he's often and, and just like I just did. He's the, often the most overlooked person in the story. Uh, Joseph um, gets visited by more angels than anybody in the Bible, at least two times and possibly three times. That that an angel makes a personal visit to Joseph. And every time he he's visited by the angel, it, it says he immediately goes and does what the angel says. So like mm-hmm. he was going to divorce Mary an angel comes and tells him to marry her, name the, name the baby Jesus. And it says like immediately he went and married her. Uh, he's he's it, there and the angel comes and says, you know, they're going to kill the baby, go to Egypt. And it says he got up. And it's like, Sounds like at midnight, you know, he got up, Mm -hmm. all right, we're going to Egypt (laughs) and and they took off. And then probably while he was in Egypt, the angel came and saw him again and said, now you can go back. And so Mm -hmm. he's actually personally visited by more angels than anybody in the Bible. He gets more one-on-one and, and his response is what I call Abrahamic response. You know, like Abraham was told to get up and go and he got up and went Mm -hmm. and said it was counted to him as righteousness, that, that. Immediate response of faith, yeah. and Joseph does that like three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, so there's there's all kind of like yeah, there really is amazing little vignettes of of moments in the whole birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. Not mentioning, and that's just the birth. You know, there's a couple of stories about his childhood, um, and then they all move on into his public ministry. But mm-hmm. uh, those are some of the at least the the narrative the highlights of the story that surround his birth his his conception with the virgin his birth and then up to about 2 years old mm-hmm. with his with the visit of the wise men mm-hmm. and we encapsulate <laughs> that all into what we call the advent season all right, of that <laughs> The advent season
0: Which is funny because I had never heard that my whole life the advent until I don't know a couple years ago Um so you know there's a lot I guess what I also should mention is that the three of us, as we were talking a week ago, there's just a lot of different traditions and diversities and experiences that we've all had throughout Christmas. And so I thought it was good to just like get down to the, what does the Bible say about what happened during this time? Or or maybe not during this time. (laughs) We're not exactly sure. And that's another debate. Yeah, that's another question. (laughs) Um, So just moving on to something a little more lighthearted. What is one of your favorite Christmas memories? Brianna, would you like to start?
2: Sure. (laughs) Um, So I was actually reflecting on this a little bit earlier today and just kind of went back into my mind of Christmas morning at my house um, growing up. And I remember when I was probably my Hannah's age, like preteen age, Mm -hmm. and maybe like 10, 11 in the morning, I would get on the phone with my best friend and... Well, not Scott until a little bit later, but later in life. I got. Was that like a Scott. phone with
1: a cord? I or, or? had a
2: cord, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I eventually, I got one of those really long cords so I could go around the corner. You know, and chat. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'd get on the phone with my friends, and they'd be like, what did you get for Christmas? Uh, and uh, uh. I would be like, I've opened one thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we've ripped into everything. And they would tell me all the things that they got for Christmas. And my parents were like, we, you know, this is important for us. And so, we're going to savor every single gift. And so, it would be like one gift an hour. Oh, wow. And it would last the whole day. They wanted it to last the whole day. So, everything was like wrapped. And eventually, I remember a couple of years that everything was just out. Like, I remember you were talking about that one point last week where everything was just kind of out. And you run and you see everything. But um, everybody would kind of get up at different times, and everybody—it just wasn't our tradition to like wake up and be and
0: ready. to Go, go crazy, so. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: so all my friends would be like, "What do you mean? You <laughs> only open one thing already, you know?" And I would be like feeling weird. But, but looking back on it, it's probably you know the most memorable thing that happened Christmas morning.
0: Yeah, that's very different than mm-hmm. than anything I've ever that's experienced. Funny. Jason, what it's is, like is one
1: Hanukkah one? all in one day? One oh gift yeah, every hour.
0: That is true,
2: mm-hmm. yeah oh. well, I'm sure that that wasn't the reason <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jason, what was one of your favorite Christmas memories
1: uh the one that sticks with me you know growing up I was uh Christmas was a big deal, big deal for my mom, like I remember like kid like trying to go to bed, trying to go to sleep, couldn't go to sleep that ang- that real anxiety of getting up the next morning It was a big deal, uh, but there's this one year uh because uh we always lived away from my my extended family, my uncles and my aunts and my cousins, and because my dad was in college when I, like he went to college when I was in second grade, so we, he was off in college. And so, at Christmas break, would be a chance for us to go back to our home, uh, their home, where my grandparents were and all the family, mm-hmm. visit all those. So, um, I, there's one night, me and my cousin, and uh, so this was uh, really close with one of my cousins, and so we would always go to this house and we'd play. And um, I don't know how old I was, we had to be. We were old enough, we, we, our favorite game was uh, Crash Up Derby. You know, I had these little matchbox cars, oh, okay. and we would sit across from each other, and we would just slam them, like roll them towards <laughs> each other at, as hard as we possibly could I'm and just break, break stuff. <laughs> uh, that's the age that we were at. And I don't know what got our attention. I don't remember, like, an actual... You know knock on the window or whatever but something got our attention and we like went to the window and we opened it and like santa claus was standing outside the window mm-hmm. and we like just freaked out and we we're like ah, ah, you know like so and like all my uncles and my aunts mom and dad they're all down in the living room talking and visiting with each other and then we go tearing down the hallway you know, and like, You're not gonna believe, you're not gonna believe, you know, and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. And then we we're like, Well, who was it? You know, and we were like looking around, like, all oh, my uncles were there, everybody was everybody was there. It's like, that was really him. He's like, oh, you know, freaking out. So and I don't know, that was just that's one that has stuck with me my entire life, like that, the magic. that moment. Like it yeah. was we, we were true believers. We were true believers in, in Santa, that's Santa for sure. Santa
0: believers, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I was thinking about this too on my way here, and it's funny I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it's the one that sticks with me the most. Um, So when I met my husband, before we were obviously married, um, I went to a Christmas Eve service with him. And that wasn't my church tradition to have any sort of Christmas Eve service. And so I really enjoyed it, it was like candlelight and it just felt very magical. So I was really looking forward to it the following year. We went to his grandma's church to attend this. So we drive up to his grandma's church um, for this candlelight service. She's singing in the choir. We get there, and everyone at the church is like, we haven't seen her. We don't know where she's at. And um, so we go back to her place. It's only a few miles from the church. She's not there. We get a hold of some people who know that she decided to take her car out and drive up to Erie. She was supposed to follow another family member. Well, apparently they got separated somehow, car-wise. And it was snowing like crazy that night. She didn't show up. Um, So we start calling the police to try and figure out where she is. They said she used her debit card in, like, Waynesburg, which if anyone's familiar with Pennsylvania, that's south of where we live, opposite direction of Erie. Anyway, so we stayed up the whole night just, like, waiting for her to show up, hoping that she would. And um, at about, like, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, she just waddles into the house, and she's like, oh, hey, guys, you're here. And we're just like... (laughs) We have been waiting for you. <laughs> like, where have you been? She's like, oh, I'm just hungry. Can you feed the dogs, please? And we're just, oh. anyway. So yeah, the case of the missing grandma uh, is what one of my most.
2: <laughs> Did she at least have a good story of where she was? Yeah,
0: she has some memory problems, okay. so she just got lost because of the snow and she couldn't read signs and. Yeah, so we didn't get to go to the candlelight service, oh, but no. I was just happy Grandma made it home. So it was like a real good Christmas gift, you know? Wow. <laughs> so that was one of my favorite memories. Um, okay, so, Brian, I'll start this question for you. Um, what traditions did you have as a child at Christmas that you've decided to do differently since raising your own family?
2: Hmm. Um, and maybe there's many. You can pick a few. I don't know exactly how it connects to what we did when I was a child. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, I already told you, you know, we had gifts and stuff on on Christmas morning. Mm -hmm. Whenever um, Elijah was about three, I think, um, we realized that there was, I guess, a moment where we could set the tone for our kids. Mm -hmm. And we just... I guess the kids were starting to get old enough to really know what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't, there really hadn't been a moment where we thought, you know, whether they were connecting with who Jesus was or not. And so we decided to just step back and think about how we were celebrating Christmas in general Mm -hmm. um, as a family and what kind of memories we were leaving with our own kids. And I had read a blog and the woman's little boy was five Mm -hmm. and he asked his mom what does Jesus get for Christmas and he said you give us gifts for our birthday and this is Jesus's birthday what does he get and that just kind of floored me it wasn't something I'd ever thought about before like you brought up before um, the first time I ever went to church was when I was 14 my mom that was what she asked for for Mother's Day things had been really hard that year and she was like the only thing I want for Mother's Day is for us to all go to church mm-hmm. And from that point on, I've never been out of church again, Mm -hmm. you know, other than maybe a short season in college. Um, We um, just started thinking through how can we celebrate Jesus's birthday? Yeah. And so we decided as a family that we would make a much bigger deal of our kids' birthdays than Christmas. Okay. And so we would... Um, flood them with gifts and things like that on their birthday oh. and that we would give our gifts to Jesus on his birthday. Oh, okay. And That's so cool. we've, you know, kind of made a whole tradition around it about how we do that. And we, uh, we get out the Samaritan's purse or uh, world vision, compassion catalogs. Um, mm-hmm. And we, everybody gets a budget and they get to pick out, you know, oh. the, they love the little baby lambs and send those to oh, yeah. children around the world and blankets and baby chicks and, you know, just different things to mm-hmm. people around the world. So, Um, I think that's probably the biggest, and then we celebrate, we do celebrate Advent in our house, and we um, just take every single night before Christmas, and we read scripture, we read through um, just the entire Christmas story, Um, and then we have little felt pieces that we've made, and the kids get to open, so we have like a little envelope um, thing up on the wall, like a little banner, we pull an envelope down and pull the piece out that matches the scripture for that day. Mm-hmm. And then the little kids get to put it up on the, um, on the felt thing that we have.
0: Um, so it's kind of like slowly creating a nativity scene? Yes, so it slowly the day.
2: creates a nativity. Thank yeah, okay. you for <laughs> summing that up.
0: You're fine. So those are two traditions yeah. that you have, which I've yes. never heard of it that way. That's really cool. Yes. Thanks for sharing. Um, Jason, is there any traditions that you've done differently since so, you now you're raising your own family or? Same yeah. Family?
1: Our traditions are, are, are obviously not as well thought out. As the <laughs> the um, Underhills are good at that. that they that really are. I'm, I'm all potential. of a sudden envious to be yeah. quite honest with you. Like they get the parenting award. Well, somebody
2: did it before us, you know, they shared before us. And so I did decide when someone asked me, I would share, but I certainly don't want anybody to feel like Oh, you know, like I should have thought of that or something, because you right. don't know until you know, yeah. and somebody else shared with us. Yeah. And
1: Christmas is a, is a challenge. I mean, for, and, yeah. and, and that's probably, you know, and one of the reasons we're having this whole podcast is that this is how to balance Christmas, the secular part, along with Christmas, the religious part. That's a, a great challenge for disciples. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's, especially uh, disciples Amen. in America. That is, yep. it's, it's been something that's, that we have wrestled with, um, Pretty much our entire lives, and so that's why our traditions are still kind of morphing from time to time. Yeah. Because uh, when Carly was little, we we would have done a lot more, like my mom did with me. It was a much bigger deal, big tree, um, and um, you know, uh, wait for for them to go to sleep, and put stuff together, and and big packing parties, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it has gradually moved away from that. Um, one of the traditions, the, one of the things I would say that is a tradition for us now, is we do get gifts at Christmas. Um, our kids do, um, and uh, and it's a tradition now that we get to open one on Christmas Eve. Cause like my mm-hmm. mom, you couldn't. It was Christmas morning, and that was it. <laughs> and so, if Shelley and I are bad. Like we get excited about the things we have for one another and for the kids. We we have some you know some surprises, and we're like. We just can't wait. We got
0: and everybody gets, <laughs> like, everybody gets
1: to, like pick one the night on Christmas Eve, yeah. you know, and uh, and so that's kind of one of our things.
0: But you're pushovers now. just kidding. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> we're
1: down to now. Like our tree is my Shelly has a, um, a ceramic tree that I think her grandmother made, like, had painted like oh, you know cool. the ceramic class somewhere. And and that's become our Christmas tree because again, uh, we're very busy this time of year and a lot's going on at the church and so forth and so yeah. sometimes sometimes we won't even put up our other tree we'll just that's just our tree we'll mm-hmm. put up a, a a manger and and um yeah
0: so it grows it just kind of it
1: just kind of it it's different every year except for opening the gift on christmas eve yeah
0: my mom that's funny because my mom that's what her thing was just was open one Chris one gift on Christmas Eve and your mom was like, no way. <laughs> no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um So maybe this question is more so for Jason, but Brianna, feel free to answer it if you'd like. Um So should we as Christians be concerned that some of the Christmas festivities can become idols?
1: Uh, well, I think we as Christians should be concerned about anything that can become idols. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly a lot at Christmas, a lot of things and traditions that, 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 we need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, that happens any other time, um, and 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 just kind of like I said, you know, this is this is a particularly difficult season. I was meeting with our with my league of pastors recently, and we were talking about this, it, you know, and and there's there's two very strong emotions going on this time of year that makes it really difficult to navigate. Mm-hmm. You know, on one hand, we have this kind of immense joy. Um, you've been using the word magic a lot when we've talked about this, and I think it's a really good word, that kind of mm-hmm. Norman Rockwell, magic, it's a wonderful life, you know, perfect Christmas, that's just like like those childhood memories we have that are so precious and amazing, and then there's an equal and but opposite kind of sorrow for a lot of people mm-hmm. at this time of year that, that that is on the equal scale as many people will be alone, will be loved ones will have passed away, and this will be, you know, and mm-hmm. that that strikes harder because at, at at the heart, one of the things I do like, I, I think, is really strong about Christmas is it's a very family-oriented time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and so for us to have as a nation in our in our national secular celebration of Christmas to have a time where family is the focus and getting together and, and, and loving your loved ones, much like Thanksgiving. But in some ways it's even different around Christmas. It's even more, seems to be more family centric around Mm -hmm. Christmas. Um, I think that's just good for a nation, you know, um, then there's the religious kind of celebration that, that, you know, above that. And, um, and so in bringing those two together, because there's lots of people who that's what they ask. Like you were talking about your mom wanted, like, all I want for Mother's mm-hmm. Day is for you. to there. I literally hear that year after year, all that people literally ask their family, all I want mm-hmm. for Christmas. My Christmas gift
0: Does is, to come, to is come
1: to church with me, mm-hmm. you know, Christmas mm-hmm. Eve service or, the, or if it's a, so a Christmas day. A lot of people day. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's, that's. A Christmas present yeah. that that lots of people ask, and so there is this melding of those two together mm-hmm. in that kind of way, but yeah. So I, I think there's just some some reality of the situation of what, like I said, there's there's two celebrations going on simultaneously. Mm-hmm. That you know there is a secular celebration of Christmas it's a it's a national kind of holiday that involves a lot of really good things family mm-hmm. and then there's a religious celebration that's celebrated in the incarnation the coming of Christ the advent of Christ and that that biblical story and they kind of happen simultaneously you know we were talking about these kind of two planes you know Mm -hmm. they're not they're not completely mashed together completely they they, there is some separation between those two Mm -hmm. and and I think it's and that's the tension that we feel is like that separation how far because there's some people who would argue they need to be completely severed <laughs> and yeah. separated, yeah. you know, never to look at each other again. Yeah. And then there are people who think they should be completely melded together and squished together and become mm-hmm. synonymous. And I don't think that's right either. Mm-hmm. And so holding them both and appreciating them both, I think is the real challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's what the tension we often feel yeah. and and say, it's it's fine to have celebrations as a nation as a family and and all that kind of stuff that's, yeah. that's good and healthy and then there's religious celebration and they kind of go together and and just holding that tension remembering that that they're not
2: mm-hmm. that there
1: there is this mm-hmm. separation between the two and so that you can appreciate the you know like like one of my other I, i'm gonna sneak in another favorite fam- memory <laughs> go for it was that this was we would go like i said we would travel visit my family And we would always go to my grandparents on Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve was a big family event for me. Mm -hmm. This was the only time of the year I got to see all my aunts, all my cousins. We gave gifts to each other. We had a giant feast. We were just talking about southern dressing versus northern <laughs> stuffing. You know, that's when Whatever we would ha- we, we we would have dressing and, and all the 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 southern comfort food. So you
2: had dressing at Christmas too. We not had it. Just we like had it. We had it every chance <laughs> it we comes could up get. Again. Every chance we
1: could get it. You know, <laughs> it was it was southern comfort food buffet style that Good. would put you know any Cracker Barrel to shame. Yeah. Uh, at my grandma's house. As it should. As it should. <laughs> you know, it's the best southern for me as it gets. <laughs> you know, and so we would do that, and then like my my grandfather had a tradition, and uh, he would go buy like hundreds of dollars worth of fireworks, and then like he would get all the grandkids out there. It was like he became a kid that night, mm-hmm. you know, and he would get us all out there, and we would light fireworks off in the front yard for an hour and mm-hmm. the grandpa was right there with us mm-hmm. you know and so that's good and and healthy and mm-hmm. for for families yeah but then and also one of the things he required is every year before we opened our first gift they read a nativity story out of the bible and we had a family prayer and we would hold hands as a family mm-hmm. and pray and and he required that too and so you know he was holding both of those things together in that kind of tension and i, th- I just think that's our struggle and remembering that yeah and it, you almost that's answered, a really long answer for a short <laughs> question
0: well you actually answered another question that i had which correct me if i'm wrong but i was going to ask what parts are beautiful and what some parts of christmas are not and what i heard you say was like the parts that are beautiful is that the whole family gets together some parts that are maybe not so much is that it is a really hard time for some people this year um brian i'm sorry you were going to say something though you Came up to the microphone.
2: I was just going to interject that we feel that tension in our home because we're trying to put the focus on Jesus this Mm -hmm. season. And still, there's so many things that are more magical to my children that the younger ones, you know, we still have TVs. We still watch Christmas movies. We have a tree. There's, you know, beautiful lights and hot cocoa and, you know, the whole nine yards. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so they're not immune to how like You said that we're the magic of the season, mm-hmm. and it's just so hard to hold space for the magic to really be like this is amazing that our Lord is now incarnated on earth, mm-hmm. you know. And it's really hard for that to be magical for children. Um, so <laughs> that's hard to wrap so their head around something like it's that. It's hard yeah. when, like, we've tried so hard and it's like still Isabella's like Santa. (laughs) It's like, you know, that wasn't the thing that we were trying to put the most emphasis on, but yeah, but it happens anyway. So it is, it's just hard to keep the focus.
0: Yeah. And I was going to say the question about the beautiful and maybe not so much. The one thing that I find really beautiful around the Christmas season is that the spirit of giving, Mm. Um, you know, like you guys for the world vision catalog and this, and this giving spirit comes from everybody. Well, mm-hmm. not everybody, but people who aren't Christians. Christians. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that about the Christmas season. Yeah, you and, see biker gangs driving
1: 100 <laughs> miles to give stuffed toys to yeah, somebody. <laughs>
0: that part is just so beautiful. And like, mm-hmm. um, I do really enjoy that. And then also, I just feel like it's a little more accepted for us to talk about Jesus this time of year because people are like, mm-hmm. oh, that's just how you celebrate it. But at least we're allowed to talk about it and people yeah. might give a listen. Um, the part that I think is not so beautiful about it is you can get in touch with all of these Christmas things, but miss the best gift of all, which is the fact that Jesus was reincarnated. And Mm -hmm. like, when I talk to friends who don't know Jesus or know of him, but have no relationship with him and they're just like, Oh, I love this time of year, but they're missing out on the best part. It's just like, Oh, my heart is broken. Like, I just wish you could see both. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that's that for me. Um, and you guys both brought up that there are some tensions that you have during this time of year um is there any other tensions or like challenges that you have during christmas jason like personally that well, you want to share
1: <laughs> <laughs> well no i mean uh, again i mean it, there there's a there's a there's a phrase in the bible and and christmas is probably the epitome of this phrase so in john 15, 14, 15, 16, 17, Jesus is talking to the disciples. So I'm gonna use that whole phrase because I can't remember exactly which chapter he says this in, mm-hmm. but he's praying for his disciples and he's getting ready to leave his disciples. And he, and he prays the Lord. He said, I don't ask you to take them out of the world. Um, but leave them in the world. Mm-hmm. And so we come up with this phrase from this prayer that Jesus is praying for that this, for us as disciples. And this is a discipleship challenge, mm-hmm. to be in the world, but not of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so part of the discipleship challenge, and it's probably good for me to make this a big discipleship push since this is the 3D Disciple podcast, right? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, is that one of our greatest challenges as disciples is being in the world and not of the world, mm-hmm. right? And that happens every day of our lives all the time. Mm-hmm but Christmas is one of those is like where we can see that struggle the best because the secularization uh, and the secular celebration that goes on at Christmas really does try to intrude into the religious celebration Mm -hmm. of the, of what we celebrate the nativity the incarnation and then the advent. Mm -hmm. And, And it really tries to push in on that. And this is just one of those places where it's, it's almost crystal clear that we see that happening, and and you hear this. Christians recognize this because this is why we have the bumper stickers, right? Jesus is the reason for the season, right? <laughs> we we have that saying, and that saying exists because Christians have realized that the secular world is trying to push in, and 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 because of the money and the and the excitement and the magic can overwhelm that mm-hmm. sometimes, or at least it seems to be trying over that. Or we'll say, keep Christ in Christmas is another one that yep. we'll, will 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 kind of use as a battle cry as we, and all those are, are recognizing like we're in this world and, but we try not to be of this world. And, and that's a really difficult thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Christmas is that place where we can see it so clearly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it's just a good reminder for us to remember that, that that is what we are as disciples. We're supposed to be in this world. We can enjoy many of the things in this world that the world has to offer, but we should never be of this world. Our, our, our focus always needs to be on the life to come, on on, who's, on the king advancing the kingdom, being a disciple. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are some challenges at Christmas um and we recognize that
0: yeah i mean it's like you read the whole last statement i was gonna make oh, fine. Good. Did <laughs> um, was about like being in the world and of the world oh wow um but what i was gonna say to the listeners is like this conversation like we haven't been able to give you all an exact formula on how to handle that yeah. and that's why we really wanted a guest yeah brianna was more than willing um <laughs> to come on to just talk about how each of the of us just kind of try to to deal with this melding of secularness and christianity like you were talking about um so i would just want to end with scripture and um is there anything else you guys want to add okay so romans 15:12 says and again isaiah says the root of jesse will spring up one who will arise to rule over the nations in him the gentiles will hope so merry christmas to you too and you listeners merry christmas
2: merry christmas
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Our prayer is that you've heard something today that will help you be a better disciple of Jesus Christ. We also want to encourage you to make sure you take your next step in your discipleship journey by considering what it is you would do about what you heard today, and then go and do it. Finally, we want to invite you to join us at 1030 on Sundays. Either at our Main Street campus in downtown Clarion between Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's or online at FBCclarion.com. God bless.
2: Here's your sound check you get. We- Jason, what was your favorite meal item at Thanksgiving?
1: I always like the stuffing, that's my favorite part. But what I miss is they don't have cornbread dressing
2: cornbread dressing. Oh, dressing dressing we make dressing but we don't make cornbread dressing this what's is cornbread like, dressing really what do you make, i'm weird dressing? about this microphone we make chicken dressing what's cornbread
0: dressing is it like just the grease from bacon
2: the bread is cornbread versus bread. regular bread, White bread.
0: oh wow well, who doesn't love cornbread
1: and then you make you make kind of a stuffing but it's usually in a flat pan and you bake it it's called dressing
2: we make dressing. ours is Scott's aunt's recipe, and she just cooks a whole chicken. And so I'm like, this is I'm making a chicken casserole. That's what's happening right now. But well, we're gonna call it dressing, and we're gonna serve it with turkey. But I literally just made a whole chicken.
1: So it's got chicken in it.
2: It's a whole chicken. It's a
1: chicken casserole. That's not dressing.
2: Is good though. So wait, dressing <laughs> is, is amazing. It's <laughs> good. I want some. <laughs> All I know is the second one's in the freezer, and we're gonna get it out. So dressing is
0: stuffing, you mean?
1: In the what's South.
2: The, what's the difference? Just, Just made it? of cornbread. That it's in the South? Yeah. No, because mine's not made of cornbread. Mine is made of regular...
1: But that's not dressing. You it's can call it dressing. Recipe.
2: I don't know. But all all it's not I know dressing. know it's his favorite part of Thanksgiving. Oh, so I'm sure. It.
1: Does it have bread in it?
2: It has the um, pepperidge farm, herb, seasoned. That's more like stuffing. Stuff. It is. It is. It's, it's
1: more like stuffing.
0: Yeah. And dress. And so do you have stuffing then? No, no? no
1: I never had stuffing till I married Charlie.